Well, hello, and welcome to the Jazz Focus, a jazz podcast dedicated to focusing on some of the maybe lesser-known elements of jazz recorded history. My name is John Clark, and happy you're with us today. Hopefully, uh, if this is your first time, you'll enjoy the program and come back and visit us again. We have quite a selection of podcasts being assembled here uh, on Anchor.fm and all of our various platforms as well. So, a while back, we did a podcast on um, Red Norvo. We listened to some of the, the early jazz sides that Norvo created. He was an interesting musician who uh, was very forward-looking. He was uh, born in Beardston, Illinois in 1908. His real name was Kenneth Norville, and early on he was uh, attracted to percussion and keyboard instruments. Rather than playing piano, which he actually did pretty well, we'll hear him on a couple of sides coming up, uh, he uh, gravitated towards the uh, mallet percussion, we call them. He started on marimba and xylophone. I think xylophone was his first instrument. He recorded on both of those in the 1930s, and gradually he switched over to vibraphone, which was a little bit more of a current instrument uh, by the late 30s, especially uh, with the success of Lionel Hampton with the uh, Benny Goodman Quartet and Quintet and Orchestra and so forth. And eventually, um, when Hampton went out on his own, Norville uh, took over, Norvo took over in the Benny Goodman Orchestra, and small groups playing vibraphone in the uh, early and mid-40s. But before that, in the 1930s, he recorded quite a few jazz sides, and we heard on our podcast from a while back, as I said, some of the more experimental things he did uh, with uh, Benny Goodman on clarinet, uh, bass clarinet actually, Jimmy Dorsey was on clarinet on a couple of sides, a couple of his own compositions as well as arrangements of some very interesting pieces like In a Mist, the Bix Beiderbecke piano composition, and then some out-and-out swinging jazz uh, sides that he also did um, with uh, his uh, septet, his swing septet and octet, uh, featuring musicians like Chew Berry and Bunny Berrigan, Artie Shaw, Johnny Mintz, people like that. Shortly after that, he uh, founded his own band on a more permanent basis. And I mentioned in that podcast, I hadn't heard any of those early recordings. I didn't know where they were, but I went out and I found them, and they are kind of interesting. Some of them are quite commercial, but they all have very good playing. He also recorded live on a couple of occasions uh, at this point as well with the same group. This was not really a big band. He went on to lead a somewhat more conventional big band, although he never led a really big, big band in the sense that Glenn Miller did or even Benny Goodman or Count Basie. His bands, uh, even though they were called big bands later on, tended to be fewer in number, about maybe 11 or 12 pieces uh, as opposed to 16, 17, 18, and he emphasized a much more understated um, sort of cool approach to jazz in the late 1930s, and many of his big band sides, so-called, were features for his wife at the time, Mildred Bailey, who was a great singer, one of the, the best uh, band singers of the 1930s. Uh, we're going to hear one side by Mildred Bailey uh, coming up, but for the most part, the recordings we're hearing today came from that period before he had that band, which he was probably better known for. In... December, actually, uh, Friday the 13th, as it was, in December of 1935, uh, Norvo started uh, playing at the Hickory House in New York. The Hickory House was famous for its stakes and its jazz. Other groups that played there included uh, ones that were led by uh, Joe Marsala and I think a little bit later Mary Lou Williams as well. But uh, Norvo had a group at this time uh, that was only six or seven pieces. When they recorded, he may have augmented the personnel slightly to get it up to seven or eight, but 
It was essentially a combo. On the face of it, it looked like a Chicago-style Dixieland band, but uh, it didn't sound like that at all. The arrangements were really quite clever and made the band sound a good deal larger than it was. Norvo probably did some of the arrangements, but one would guess the chief architect of the band sound was a fellow who sometimes played mellophone in the ensemble, uh, Eddie Sauter. Eddie Sauter uh, was an outstanding arranger, very forward-looking uh, arranger with an extraordinary harmonic sense. He, by his own admission, began his arranging career by taking a mail-order course with Archie Blyer. Archie Blyer is a particular favorite of mine. I've done some work on him. He was one of the great stock arrangers of the very late 1920s and into the early 30s. He was a, a very jazz-oriented arranger, which was unusual for a, a white arranger at the time, and even some of the black bands used his stocks. We're going to be doing a podcast on some of his arrangements a little bit later. And he offered this uh, by mail arranging course, which Eddie Sauter took, and then uh, started working for Archie Blyer. May have done some piecework on arrangements and things like that as well. But he went with uh, this version of the Red Norvo band in very late 1935, early 1936, and he stayed with him for several years. In fact, he became uh, the main arranger for the larger band as well, and some of his arrangements for the band that uh, recorded with Mildred Bailey are really classics in the big band literature. Things like Remember, uh, Smoke Rings, uh, Porter's Love Song to a Chambermaid, uh, Liza, things like that were really very, very forward-looking and pointed towards Sauter's work a couple of years later with Benny Goodman. After Fletcher Henderson uh, slowed his output with Goodman, he needed another staff arranger, and he hired Eddie Sauter, who came in and did some very interesting things, including things like Clarinet a la King and Benny Rides Again, uh, Bolero, things like that, and, and, and arrangements that were really quite indebted to uh, classical music, especially uh, Debussy and even the late Romantic composers. Some of the voicings and the harmonies that Sauter used were really uh, far ahead of uh, their time. And a little bit later, after World War II, he let, co-led a band with another fine arranger, Bill Finnegan, the Sauter-Finnegan band. Uh, and he also contributed arrangements to the Ray McKinley uh, big band uh, from that period as well. So Eddie Sauter had a very busy and interesting career at that point. So the group we're going to hear today, or at least begin with, is the Red Norvo Orchestra. Red Norvo and his orchestra from January of 1936. So this is when the band was still fairly new. It was less than a month uh, after its debut at the Hickory House, and it consisted of Stu Pletcher on trumpet. Stu Pletcher had been an undergraduate at Yale uh, University where he had made a number of recordings with the undergraduate uh, ensembles that were there, jazz bands, the Yale Collegians, and there were other names that they were recorded under, and he uh, attained some local fame and uh, some more than local fame by those recordings. And he went on to become a professional musician and stayed with uh, Norville for several years, but he's the main trumpet he is the only trumpet player on these recordings, so he is, in fact, the main soloist. We have Eddie Sauter playing mellophone, um, kind of like a, like a flugelhorn, actually, and doing arrangements. Donald McCook on clarinet. He was a, a, a really accomplished clarinet player in this style. Later on, he went with Charlie Barnett's band and did quite a few solos with him in his early group. Herbie Hamer is on tenor sax. He also was a very underrated player from the time. Um, there were a lot of great tenor players in the 1930s, so more than a few of them slipped uh, through the cracks, and Herbie Hamer was one of them. We're going to hear him featured on a couple of numbers. Uh, there is no piano on these first recordings. Red Norville plays xylophone. 
Dave Barber plays guitar. He was known better uh, later on as Peggy Lee's husband, and uh, he accompanied her and uh, was her music director for a while. But here he plays some very effective jazz solos. Pete Peterson is on bass, and Bob White is on drums. And these signs we're going to hear right now come from January 6th and January 8th of 1936. We're going to start out with a tune called Gramercy Square, uh, which was uh, by uh, someone named Grant. I don't know who that was. Some of these sides that we're going to hear, which were recorded for Decca, by the way, at least the first ones, uh, sort of have the feeling of being commercial sides, where Norval was just called in to play through some stock arrangements or something like that. Um, not, not really distinguished material, although the playing is excellent and the solos are, by and large, excellent as well. So after Gramercy Square, we're going to hear a Norval original called Decca Stomp. Then we're going to hear a bit of an oddity um, from January 8th. The music goes round and round by Mike uh, uh, Riley and uh, Eddie Farley. These were uh, musicians who had a little band, the Riley Farley Onyx Club boy Boys, and the song that they rode to fame with was this one. The music goes round and around, a very... Uh, cute novelty song, and uh, for a while that was a ubiquitous presence on the radio, that song. Every band had to play it, and Norvo's band plays it here. The interesting part about it is they accompany a singer named Mae Questel. Uh, Mae Questel, if you don't know her name, you definitely know her voice, because she uh, did a lot of voiceover work for cartoons and television. She's probably best known as... Uh, a voiceover artist for the Fleischer Cartoon Studios from this period, and an earlier period. She was the voice of Betty Boop and of Olive Oil, Popeye's girlfriend. So you'll 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 hear her voice. She does a kind of a cutesy Betty Boop style vocal here, which um, might be a little off-putting to begin with, but she actually sings quite well in that style and has an excellent sense of phrasing. So after that, we're going to finish up our, our short set with a tune called uh, You Started Me Dreaming by J. Fred Coots. And that's a, a, a neat little tune uh, that uh, features the regular band from the next session, February 26th of 1936. Uh, it's called Ken Kenny and His Orchestra because this was released on Champion, which was one of the dime store labels from earlier in the 30s and had been taken over by Decca as their cheap subsidiary. So on this side uh, and the next couple after the break, Norvo actually plays piano and takes a few solos. We also have Pletcher, Sauter, McCook, Hurt, Hamer, Barber, Peterson, and Maurice Pertil, Mo Pertil, on drums. The vocalist is uh, not known. He's a pretty straight studio vocalist. Some people thought he was Stu Pletcher, but if you listen to my first podcast on Red Norval, we heard some sides under Stu Pletcher's name that he uh, sang on, Stu did, and uh, his vocal talents were, were modest at best, and at least this fellow singing this song uh, is a professional singer and in tune and all that, so it's definitely not Stu Pletcher. Don't know who it is. So those are our four tunes for our first uh, run through our second Red Norvo podcast. Uh, Gramercy, uh, Gramercy Square, Decca Stomp, The Music Goes Round and Round, and You Started Me Dreaming.
the band. A girl came up, she said, you're grand. So I replied in words low down. Now this is how the music goes round. I blow through here. The music goes round and around. Ho, 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 and it comes up here. I push the first valve down. The music goes down and around. Ho, ho. me dreaming, dreaming such wonderful dreams, until the day that you happened my way, life was so empty it seemed. You started me dreaming, wondering if dreams do come true. You 
you put a thrill in a heart that was still the first thrill that I ever knew. Days were so lonely and friendless, each day for me was the same. Nights were so long and so endless, until the moment you came. You started me dreaming, dreaming of heaven for two. You were the start of the dream in my heart, now I can't stop dreaming of you. the Red Norvo Orchestra, um, and the last track, Ken Kenny and his orchestra, uh, from 1936, January and February. We started out with Gramercy Square, a kind of a s slow ballad-like performance. I don't really know what the uh, provenance of that tune was, or if there were lyrics, I assume there were, but it was a kind of a, uh, a laid-back, very uh, restrained performance, which was kind of the, 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 the M.O. of this band, and it featured Norvo... Uh, for the most part, on uh, xylophone. Then we went on to a much more swinging chart, Decca Stomp by Red Norvo. That featured uh, the leader on xylophone, of course. We heard some uh, guitar by Dave Barber, and one of the most interesting things about this band, from my point of view, is the fact that there was no piano, and when there was no piano, the guitar took on a much more prominent role, both in solo and also in some transition figures and in some of the rhythm section parts as well. And Dave Barber did a very nice job, and we will hear some solos of his coming up as well. We also heard from Herbie Hamer on tenor sax, Don McCook on clarinet and Stu Pletcher on trumpet playing some very fine jazz solos as well. Then we went to that odd version of The Music Goes Round and Round featuring Mae Questel. Um, as I said, that was one of the big hits of 1935-36. Uh, you couldn't go anywhere without hearing that tune. And uh, all of the bands were playing that at one point. The recordings by, you know, certainly the originals, the Riley Farley, Onyx Club Boys, Tommy Dorsey and his orchestra, I think Stuff Smith, all, all the different bands did that. And then we finished up with You Started Me Dreaming, a very pleasant little tune that uh, isn't well known at all. I, I've never heard it before, this particular recording, by J. Fred Coots. And that featured the otherwise unknown vocalist, but also had some very nice Stu Pletcher on trumpet. Uh, he was a very understated soloist. Uh, as I said, he had played with um, the various undergraduate bands that were at Yale University when he was there. 
He was very much under the sway of Bix Beiderbecke in the 20s, but by the mid-30s, he was taking on some much more swingy characteristics, and even a little bit of um, laid-back Bunny Berrigan influence can be heard in there, too. But he was really his own man. He went off to the West Coast after his tenure with uh, Norvo ended in the late 30s, and uh, he did some music out there, but he did a lot of non-music jobs. His son, Tom Pletcher, uh, became a, uh, a businessman. I think he was in some family business, but he played excellent jazz cornet in the Big Spiderbeck style and was a feature in many, many traditional jazz bands up until his death a couple of years ago. Uh, I think he was in his 80s at the time. So we're going to keep going with the Ken Kenny and his orchestra. By the way, we heard uh, from Red Norvo piano playing on the first chorus of You Started Me Dreaming. We're going to hear a little more coming up as well. He was a very effective pianist, not a stride pianist, certainly, but kind of in the style of Teddy Wilson. Um, Teddy Wilson, I believe, was his favorite pianist. He used him on many recording dates, and uh, his wife, Mildred Bailey, loved Teddy Wilson, too, and used him on many of her recording dates. So we're going to uh, hear now a sequence of tunes. The first one is called, What's the Name of That Song? And that will feature some good playing by the reed players, uh, McCook and Hamer. Then we're going to go to an Irving Berlin tune called Let Yourself Go, which was pretty um, well-trod uh, uh, path in the 1930s. Um, it's been largely forgotten since then, which is too bad because it's a, it's a fun jazz tune. And we'll get to hear a little more Stu Pletcher as well as some guitar playing that's uh, very impressive. Then uh, the last uh, tune that we're going to do of the Ken Kenny Orchestra is uh, Life Begins When You're In Love, again featuring the reed players and some fine guitar work as well. After that, we're going to go to a bit of a curiosity. We're going to play a live recording uh, by this very same group. And this was part of a program. I found this on an LP many, many years ago. Um, I don't think it's been released on a CD. If it has, I haven't been able to find it. It was a program called The Band Goes to Town, and it was recorded on October 20th of 1935. So this was, in fact, a little bit before they opened at the Hickory House. Um, I believe it was produced uh, by Austin Croom Johnson. I don't know if that was a, a commercial company or if that was the name of the announcer. We'll hear him uh, giving his best uh, beginnings and endings on some of these tunes coming up. It was called Red Norvo and His Orchestra, featuring Stu Pletcher, Don McCook, Herbie Hamer, Red Norvo, Dave Barber, Pete Peterson, and Bob White, and with a special guest vocalist, uh, Red McKenzie, who we're going to hear a little bit later. Red McKenzie is going to be the subject of a podcast coming up in a little while. So the tune that we're going to hear from that uh, broadcast is called Lighter Than a Feather. And uh, we're going to start the next set after that with a couple of tune, other tunes from this broadcast. But that'll get our, our whistle wetted, as it were. So we're going to start out with um, What's the Name of That Song, followed by Let Yourself Go and Life Begins Where, When You're in Love, all recorded for Champion Records under the name of Ken Kenny and his orchestra. And then we're going to go to uh, that very early Red Norvo and his orchestra, probably when they were just rehearsing or getting broken in from October of 1935. And we're going to hear Lighter Than a Feather.
What's the name of that song that makes me think of daisies, makes me dream of spring, makes me want to whistle, makes me want to sing? I wish I knew. What's the name of that song that puts a silver lining right inside my coat, makes me think of ice cream sliding down my throat? I wish I knew. What's the name of that song? This morning after breakfast, I sang it all through. But tonight I forget all the words except in I love you. What's the name of that song that makes me think of lovebirds nesting in a tree? Makes me want to whisper, will you marry me? Makes me think of babies bouncing on my knee. What's the name of that song? Let the dance floor feel your leather Step as lightly as a feather Let yourself go Come, hit the timber Loosen up and start to limber Can't you hear that hot marimba? Let yourself go Let yourself go Relax and let yourself go Relax, you've got yourself tied up in a knot The night is cold but the music's hot So come, cuddle closer Don't you dare to answer no sir Put your banker, clerk and grocer Let yourself go
have the world before you when you found the one, the only one to love and adore you. It's when you learn to sigh a bit, to long a bit, to cry a bit. Life begins when Cupid wins and you're in love. Now, Red Norvo has been doing some writing, Red Norvo has been doing some arranging, and Red Norvo will do some playing. This is not a study in tenses, an introduction to Red's song, Lighter Than a Feather. Red, blow me down. You catch, feather, down. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. 
interesting piece. Uh, Lighter Than a Feather. I believe that was a Red Norvo composition. Kind of uh, functioned as a xylophone uh, etude feature there. And that was, again, on that live broadcast, The Band Goes to Town, from October 20th, 1935. One side of that LP was the broadcast... uh, portion by Red Norvo, and the other side was the same broadcast, but featuring the Riley Farley band, Eddie Farley and Mike Riley. I think I may have uh, transposed their two names. Eddie Farley was the trumpet, Mike Riley was the trombone, and uh, we may get to listen to them a little bit later on a different podcast. So we started out, <coughs> excuse me, with the Ken uh, Kenny and his orchestra size for Champion, featuring Red Norvo on piano. Uh, We heard, what's the name of that song? Let Yourself Go and Life Begins When You're in Love. And we heard, as I said, some really good guitar playing by Dave Barber. There was one particularly interesting sequence where uh, he was playing a guitar solo against a kind of a a locked hands uh, pattern by Norvo on piano. No other bands were doing that in the 30s that I'm aware of. It was almost like a society band uh, style, but definitely with more jazz influence. And we heard fine playing by Herbie Hamer on tenor and Don McCook on clarinet and Stu Pletcher on trumpet. So now we're going to go on to our last set of, uh, or our final set of our Red Norvo tribute here. We're going to hear um, two more tunes uh, from the broadcast we just listened to, the uh, um, Uh, band uh, goes to town, we're going to hear I Surrender, Dear, great Harry Barris and Bing Crosby tune. This is uh, a feature to some degree for Herbie Hamer, and uh, we get to hear him playing in his youth. He later went on to play with several different bands. He made some excellent recordings in the 1940s for the Sunset label out in Los Angeles. There's a podcast that I did as part of my radio show on WETF that features recordings from that recording company, and Herbie Hamer participated participates on several. He was very much in the, in the, um, under the spell of Ben Webster at that point, although he was a very late period swing stylist, even though he'd already been recording for 10 years. And he uh, went into the studios, recorded uh, soundtracks and so forth, and was uh, a first call uh, saxophone soloist on vocal recordings. And in fact, uh, he did some work with Frank Sinatra on some of his early solo sides for Columbia Records. This was before he went and did those fantastic recordings that are legendary for Capitol. And it was on, it was after one of those dates, I think it was in 1949, that uh, Hamer was killed in an auto accident, uh, literally coming home from uh, one of those recording sessions. So unfortunately, he uh, didn't live to make any more recordings. He was still a relatively young man. He was probably about 40 or so at the time, maybe even a little bit younger than that. And he'd been recording for 10, 15 years at that point. So he was a a very, very good player who uh, had a lot more uh, to do in his life. Uh, Unfortunately, was cut short. So after we hear I Surrender, Dear, we're going to hear a very up-tempo version of I Got Rhythm uh, by uh, the Red Norvo Band from this broadcast. And this will feature the guest vocalist, Red McKenzie. Red McKenzie uh, was a, uh, by his own admission, a saloon vocalist. He had been a uh, founding member of the Mound City Blues Blowers in the 1920s, a very uh, kind of elemental jazz band that used a guitar, a banjo, a kazoo, uh, and um, sometimes uh, Nor- uh, Red McKenzie playing uh, his own instrument, a comb covered with tissue paper, and McKenzie sang as well. He had a very 
kind of whiskey baritone, I guess I'd have to call it. And he had a, an excellent jazz sense, too. He was responsible for some very fine recordings in the 1920s uh, by the young Chicago musicians, the Austin High Gang. He also apparently was uh, instrumental in getting Jimmy Noon and his Apex Club band their recording contract uh, as well. He had uh, some ins with the uh, Brunswick Recording Company at the time. And then he had a long series of recordings with the Mount City Blues Blowers in the 1930s. He made a couple of film appearances, and you can hear his voice on a couple of cartoons. So when we do our podcast on Red McKenzie, I'm going to see if I can capture the audio from some of those various things and put those on as well. He lived into, I think, into the late 40s. Uh, he recorded several times with Eddie Condon's various groups. He was a good friend of Condon's. He was actually a beer salesman in the late 30s after Prohibition was repealed. Um, but he uh, was uh, quite a good singer, as I think we'll see from I Got Rhythm. Then we're going to uh, hear uh, Red Norvo's wife, Mildred Bailey. They had met uh, touring with the Paul Whiteman Band and had married in about 1933, I think. And as I said, Mildred Bailey became a, a key member of the Red Norvo Orchestra a little bit after the point we are talking about today. We're going to hear this recording uh, from March 29th of 1936, Swing Time at NBC. It's a live broadcast. The recording quality is not terrific, but it's uh, it's not too bad. Um, this was at the tail end of uh, the, the small band that Norvo had been leading at the Hickory House. He was going to expand very soon, and uh, he uh, started recording with the larger band a couple of months later with Mildred Bailey. But this group features Stu Pletcher, Donald McCook, Herbie Hamer again with Red Norvo on xylophone. Ram Ramirez plays piano. Dave Barber on guitar, Pete Peterson on bass, and Mo Pertil on drums. And we're going to hear Mildred Bailey singing a tune called The Day I Let You Get Away. And um, this was a tune that had been recorded a few times in, by the big bands. Benny Goodman did, I think Tommy Dorsey did as well, by Seymour Bunch and Lawnhorst. This was uh, written. And uh, this is the better, of the better recorded of the two tracks that came out on the magnificent mosaic collection that was devoted to the live recordings uh, taken off the air by Bill Savory. And fortunately, he captured a couple of these Mildred Bailey Red Norvo uh, performances. These are actually some of the earliest recordings on the Savory collection, and as the notes say, Probably the worst sound quality. Uh, the other ones are exceptional. We'll be delving into that collection a little bit at some point as well. So following that, we're going to end up with two tunes by Red Norvo and his sextet. And uh, these were, uh, again, uh, the same band that was recording at the Hickory House. And this was done about two weeks before that Mildred Bailey broadcast, March 16th of 1936 for Decca Records, the Red Norvo Swing Sextet. Again, Pletcher and um, uh, Hamer and McCook in the front line with Red Norvo on xylophone. Howard Smith joins on piano. He had been playing with the Tommy Dorsey Band, Dave Barber, Pete Peterson, and Maurice Pertill. And we're going to hear another version, different this time though, different tempo of I Got Rhythm. Uh, but before that, we're actually going to hear the Gershwin standard, Lady Be Good. So, those are our five tunes we're going to hear. We're going to hear I Surrender Dear and I Got Rhythm from uh, that uh, The Band Goes to Town broadcast. Then we're going to hear uh, The Day I uh, Let You Get Away featuring Mildred Bailey from that NBC broadcast. And then we're going to hear the two Decca swing sextet recordings, Lady Be Good and I Got Rhythm. And these are all by some version of the Red Norvo Orchestra from 1936. The band goes to town, ladies and gentlemen. We pause momentarily in our brisk trotting toward the village to interpolate something soft and sweet. That hit of 1930 by Harry Barrett, I Surrender, dear. Mm -hmm. 
obvious for once is not banal. The obvious for once is not trite. The obvious being, I got rid of from Girl Crazy, a pair of redheads in the downbeat. I've got my gal who could ask for anything more. 
Old man trouble, I don't mind him. You won't find him hanging around my door. I've got starlight, I've got sweet dreams. I've got my gal who could ask for anything more, who could ask for anything more. <laughs>
So there's some very polite and understated swing by Red Norvo and his orchestra. We started out with two sides or, or two recordings done live for the Band Goes to Town broadcast in October 1935, and those featured Herbie Hamer on tenor sax, especially on I Surrendered, Dear, and then uh, Herbie Hamer and Don McCook on clarinet and Stu Pletcher on uh, trumpet, as well as Red Norvo on xylophone on I Got Rhythm, which also featured a very effective vocal chorus by Red McKenzie. He was really a jazz singer. I, he, he wouldn't have said that probably himself, but uh, his phrasing was very jazzy, much more so than the average singer from the 1930s. Following that, we heard Mildred Bailey make a quick cameo appearance to show us a little bit of what was to come on uh, a broadcast uh, done for NBC, the uh, NBC Swing Time at NBC program, March 29th. 1936, she with the Red Norvo Orchestra doing The Day I Let You Get Away. That also had on it uh, pianist Ram Ramirez, Roger Ramirez. He had been born in Puerto Rico. Uh, he was an African uh, Caribbean, I guess you'd have to say, and played with a lot of African-American bands, but somehow he was included in the Red Norvo band on this uh, broadcast and also on the sides that were done by virtually the same group under Stu Pletcher's name uh, in... Um, right about the same time, actually, and we played those on that other podcast of Red Norvo I mentioned. So an interesting example of a racially mixed group uh, at this time. Uh, I guess he probably didn't play at the Hickory House. I don't think they used a piano, but clearly Norvo thought highly enough of his abilities to add him on a few dates, and uh, Norvo was very picky with his piano players. Uh, as I said, Red uh, Norvo uh, loved Teddy Wilson's playing more than any other, and uh, used him on probably more of his recording dates in the 30s and 40s than any other single musician. So following that, we ended up with two tracks by Red Norvo and his Swing Sextet, recording for Decca in uh, March of 1936, just a couple of weeks before that NBC broadcast. And we heard Lady Be Good, which featured very fine solos all around. I keep coming back to Herbie Hamer. He uh, really was a, a, an exceptionally good tenor sax player, very young at the time, and very clearly under the uh, sway of Chew Berry. Chew Berry has never really gotten his due as a, as a, as a stylistic influence. Coleman Hawk of course, was the main tenor sax influence up till 1937 or so when Lester Young kind of took over uh, that uh, mantle. But Hawkins had left for uh, Europe in 1934, early in 1934, and um, Berry was the saxophonist who was on the scene at the time who really uh, became the primary influence on younger tenor saxophone players while Hawkins was in Europe. And Herbie Hamer uh, shows very definite Berry elements on his solo on Lady Be Good and on I Got Rhythm, which we finished up with. So I hope you've enjoyed our Red Norvo program for today. This is our second Red Norvo program. We could do a few more. He was an endlessly interesting musician who put together really interesting groups. We heard uh, on the uh, broadcast Charlie Parker as a sideman. We heard uh, a side or two that uh, he recorded uh, with Red Norvo in his Select Sextet in 1945 that featured um, Dizzy Gillespie as well. So Norvo was always looking around for new young musicians. A little bit later, he put together a really classic trio that featured himself on xylophone and vibraphone more, Tal Farrell on guitar, and Charles Mingus on bass. And that was a, a group that made a number of recordings and made quite a splash in, in, in the jazz world as well. 
So you've been listening to The Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark. Hope you're enjoying these programs. If you'd like to sponsor us, please do. Please push that little button and you can become a monthly sponsor and encourage us to go forward in our attempt to bring some of this little-known jazz or mostly forgotten jazz of the recording era out and back into the daylight and uh, hopefully uh, inspire you to go and listen further to some other recordings by these people we're So until the next time, again, Focus, John Clark, and I'll see you on the other side.